everyone. This is Peggy Cal Enderly with the Ministry During the Disruption podcast. Today, my guest is Kelly Alseth, a trainer for the greater Los Angeles region. Hey, Kelly. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, I wanted to interview you uh, in part. I know a little bit about your history dealing with chronic illness and You've just had some really great reflections on how that experience in managing your illness is impacting how you're approaching the pandemic. Could you tell us a little bit about your health journey? Yeah. So about nine years ago, I woke up one morning and I just had this pain in my side. And I remember very clearly, probably clearer than I've ever heard before from God, just kind of this voice in my uh, mind say, Kelly, this is going to be more complicated than you think, but I will heal you. And nine years later, that pain hasn't gone away. They've given it the term fibromyalgia, um, a whole bunch of other kind of disorders, um, but really it's just mysterious. So every month or so, there'll be a flare of pain that just kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's like my mind signaling processing doesn't know how to receive that pain. So it just kind of signals, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, and it doesn't know how to turn off. And so I think in this pandemic, there's a lot of similarities that I'm seeing with kind of the the unknown and knowing at some point, this is going to affect me and it could just come out of nowhere and really hurt my my rhythms and kind of shut things down for a couple weeks. And then maybe it'll be okay for a little bit and then it'll just come back. So I imagine as you started kind of trying to figure out what was going on with you and thinking maybe there would be a solution or a cure quickly, and then over time realizing there's going to be a new normal where a lot of your life's going to change somewhat permanently. I think that's similar to when we first started Shelter in Place. We had no idea how long, but I think none of us expected that it would be this long, that we would still be here right now. How did you come to some sort of acceptance or peace with your new normal under things not getting better anytime soon? Yeah, definitely. When they first gave me that name chronic, I had no idea what to do with that. I was like, I can't even imagine living one more day with this. How in the world would I live another week or year? And I think if you had told me from the beginning, this is going to be at least nine years I don't know what I would have done with that. Um, I just, I couldn't even fathom it. But now nine years later, I really am well. I'm not fixed. I'm not cured. Like this pain is still there. It still has all its same patterns, but I feel like I'm thriving. And it was never helpful to think about the permanence <laughs> or the like long, like, oh my gosh, what is this going to be in 10 years? It really forced me to live day to day and just studying the scriptures about God gave them manna from heaven every day and they had to collect it that day and not worry about tomorrow. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things with the term chronic or this pandemic is um, not letting your mind not go those to those places of this is going to be forever. And every time I, I think, oh man, is, is this going to be forever? Is this pain going to be forever? Um, God reminds me that even though the the chronic nature of this illness is potentially forever, first of all, the only thing forever is my joy with Jesus. My husband reminds me of that all the time. 
I think God is just so gracious in giving moments of of relief. Um, And so I have to hang on to that and remember, okay, even now, okay, it's been, you know, six weeks or so. And sure, days, there's been certain days that are tougher than others, but there are moments where we're laughing and enjoying life and having fun. And I have to hang on to that. Yeah. So definitely, it sounds like recognizing and accepting that there's going to be good days and bad days. And so how do you hold on to the good days and how do you manage the bad days? Yes. I like to look at the stories in like John 5 of the man who is paralyzed for 38 years. Talk about chronic. <laughs> um, and part of Jesus's healing to him is he says, get up and walk. But then there's the other man and who's paralyzed. And the way he's healed is his friends carry him to Jesus, where he literally can't do anything. And I think in anything that's chronic, there's some, some days you have to get up and walk. And that's part of your healing. And other days you just need to be carried by your friends. <laughs> and so I think knowing that reality and being able to wake up each day and say, okay, Lord, is this the day that you're telling me to get out of bed and do my normal routine and um, move? <laughs> or is it a day that you know what? I just, I feel depressed. I feel sad. I just need to text a friend and say, can you carry me today? I'm not sure I can do it by myself. So you keep a blog about your journey with your chronic illness, and then you've been writing about the coronavirus lately. And one thing you talk about is being paranoid during the pandemic and how do you manage that? And describing yourself as already a paranoid person, especially as you have dealt with your chronic illness. But I imagine a lot of people resonate with that and just being anxious about the unknown, about what could go wrong. How do you really manage your own anxiety? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was at the park the other day and usually there's nobody in this park. And I just, I go there and I have my quiet time. So I'm sitting there by myself, enjoying time with God. And this little seven-year-old boy rides his bicycle up straight up to me, totally ignoring the six feet away social distance rule. And I just, I started losing it internally. And I was like, how in the world am I supposed to tell a seven-year-old to back off? (laughs) And uh, his parents weren't around. I was like, oh no, I just had all this anxiety coming out. And, you know, eventually I was like, back up, back up a little bit. It was just awkward and hard. And I came home and my body started reacting. My throat started hurting. I was like a little bit shaking. And I realized I was like, oh, that was a moment of a lot of anxiety. And and then I was just convinced. I was like, I'm going to get the coronavirus. That little kid ruined me and I don't know what to do. And part of the way that I was able to get out of that moment was validating the anxious thoughts. So I just had to say, you know what? That was really hard. You have never been in that situation before. You, there's no rule book for this. You don't know how to get how to get through that. You did your best. But it's okay. That was a little scary. So validating it, but then also releasing the the need for control, the fear of the unknown because I really that was one moment but it tapped into all this other emotion of I there's some scary virus out there that I have no control over. I can't see it. My daily rhythms, even my quiet times with God are interrupted and I can't handle this, right? And so 
hearing the compassion of Jesus in that was really helpful for me. I'm just saying, yep, that was scary, but you know what? You can trust me and kind of let go of that need for control and need to know what's coming in the future. Yeah, I think a lot of us have a tendency to discount our feelings and experiences. Like, I can imagine myself thinking, stop overreacting. What's wrong with you? You know, it's not a big deal. You're totally paranoid and just kind of getting down on yourself. So how did you learn to validate your own emotions and thoughts, even recognizing that maybe you were overreacting a little bit? The movie Inside Out helps me a lot um, to think about, okay, there's little parts of me that are trying to alert me to things. So that that voice of anxiety is not something I have to be scared of or mad at, but it's there to help me and to signal like, oh, this is potentially threatening, but it can be too loud sometimes. And so taking every part of me to Jesus and saying, Jesus, how do you have compassion on this part of me can really help help me with with all the emotions and anxieties. I think another big thing I've learned is in moments where there's a lot of pain, the critical voices can be so loud, right? And that that feeling of why why aren't I doing this well enough? Um I, I think about the story in John 5 again and the man is learning to walk for the very first time and the first thing he's met with is criticism where the religious leaders are saying, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? And I just think about when we're in times of chronic pain, we're learning to walk again for the first time. We're, things that should be natural and normal are not natural or normal anymore. And so we have to realize that, that sometimes the first things we're met with is our own internal voices of criticism. You, you got to drown out those voices and say, you know what, I'm learning to walk again for the first time or the second time learning again and uh and then to let Jesus be compassionate or to think of Jesus as like a a mother of a 2-year-old who's learning to walk like you're not going to yell at them for messing it up you're just going to cheer them on I was on a group text last night with some parents cuz we're trying of trying to figure out e-learning together with the new system that the school has implemented and I think for a lot of us there's an expectation because we're adults and have computer skills that we would just be able to do this well, but we're all learning this system for the first time. And so there's a way I think talking to you is encouraging me to have compassion over this new system, right? We're learning to walk through this new education system and we're not going to figure it out right away. None of us are going to do it perfectly. Yeah. I think another thing I've learned is to to validate those feelings and to have compassion, kick out the critical voices, but then also to realize that we're grieving and to kind of grieve what's been lost so you can embrace the new things that are coming. Um, I remember when I first had the chronic pain, I was a runner. I was running half marathons when the pain began and I loved it. And it was the way I connected with Jesus and um, but then I suddenly couldn't do that anymore at all. And what I eventually realized was that I love swimming. Um, I actually enjoy it so much more than running. And But I never knew I could do that before. But it took a moment of realizing I, I have to grieve that that thing that was so precious to me is lost now. 
And now that the pandemic hit, I lost my swimming pool <laughs> in the gym. And I just had to have a moment of, I, w- I was feeling cranky. I wasn't doing things, my job well. I was just, nothing was going well. And all of a sudden I just blurted out. Um, I was like, I don't have my swimming pool. <laughs> and I just, I really, I just had to grieve and to say, you know what? Yeah, that's lost and it's different. And so I imagine with, you know, as you're learning how to teach in new ways that sometimes you just have to grieve like, ah, I'm, I just miss that I don't have the things I used to have. Um, and that can help us embrace some of the new things. That's really helpful. Thanks, Kelly. I feel like you've lived it for so long that some of your reflections are going to really help some listeners through this time. Kelly, thanks for joining us and thanks for sharing about your story and highlighting its relevance to what so many of us are experiencing right now. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. There's so much more I could ask Kelly about in her nine-year journey with fibromyalgia. In fact, she actually wrote a book on some of her reflections. And you could find that book on Amazon. It's called Keeper of Your Life, Actively Trusting Jesus Through Chronic Pain. In the book, she learns more about spiritual rhythms such as prayer, patience, confession, and community, and how that's kept her going. I encourage you to check it out, especially for those who know somebody or yourself have been managing chronic pain and wondering, where is God showing up in your life? 